0: Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Keto Nine One One Podcast. I am your host once again, Daniel, your Keto EMT. I just want to tell everybody one Happy New Years. I know it's February, <clears throat> almost mid February at that, and um, <laughs> and we hadn't talked for a good good while. I wanted to go ahead and take some time off, take a good break for myself get myself together, get through these holidays and all this other nice stuff. So that way I can refocus, work on building myself a little bit further and taking this to the next level. So got a lot of things accomplished, got even more things coming down the pipeline. Can't wait to show it to you. So first and for- foremost, let me go ahead and start with my greetings since we are in the month of February. Uh, today is February 13th and I want to say, Happy Valentine's Day for those who celebrate that. Also, happy Akoma Day for those who practice African spirituality. And last but not least, which I should have made first, uh happy Black History, Black History Month. Okay. Even though Black history is not just segregated to one month out of the year, it celebrated 365 days. Out of the year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, I just want to go ahead. For those who only celebrated during this month, happy <laughs> happy Black History Month, okay? I will say that I am proud of myself because I am Black History. I am Black Excellence, and I'm just so, gosh, thanks, sexy and just chocolatey, and I just love it. I love it. My wife loves it. My kids love it. I'm just so ugh, so happy to be in the skin that I'm in, okay? So today's episode now that we've gone past the pleasantries and everything this is one of the areas that I have wanted to talk about for so long I've kind of been back and forth on how do I how am I going to approach this um, kind of nervous as well um, I've also been on clubhouse recently um, and uh, really really start talking to some amazing individuals who advocate for uh, people's rights, medical health, um, talk about disparities and racial inequalities amongst uh, medical uh, medical professionals and everything and how patients are treated black people are treated and uh, after speaking with these awesome people I've had the opportunity to actually get them, <laughs> pull up the nerve to talk about it so today's episode and let me just pause real quick while I'm recording I am <laughs> I am actually doing this on clubhouse today this is today's the date of this recording is february thirteenth, two 2022 and i am actually putting this on clubhouse as well so that way one people can go ahead and get a little bit of preview of what i'm about and actually go ahead and go and go from there all right so i just want to make sure that if i sound weird if i sound like i'm looking some weird pauses then just understand that i'm doing that as well so today's episode is talking about black men's health as a black man i had and I've had the experience of seeing those who are who have not taken care of their health, who don't go to the doctor, who talk about it all the time, and I'm serious. I've heard every horror horror story, you know, about you know from my fellow black men on why they don't take care of their health. And at the same time, we sit up here, we have these same disparities, and we have all these health issues as as black people, and especially as black men that go untreated and they go untalked about so i really really wanted to dive into that me being black man myself hey you know i work in the medical field i have been in the medical field for almost 10 years now and i'm a horrible patient i'm the first person to tell people tell to tell those who i love you know to go ahead and go to the doctor you know to You know, make sure that they're taken care of to do everything or what they're supposed to do. But when it comes to me, (laughs) no, (laughs) I am horrible, a horrible patient. I am a horrible, horrible patient. Okay. So just like as I always do, okay, this is me knocking off the cobweb. So y'all bear with me. Just as I always do, I I, I don't just go straight from the hip and talk out the side of my neck. I, I really, really start talking. In regards to the areas um, of research and and, um, resources. Okay. So starting with the Huffington Post, it says that men are half as likely as women to go to the doctor over a two year period. And this is according to a 2014 survey uh, data collected by the by the CDC. And they say, they also say that they were more than three, that men are more than three times as likely to admit going more than five, more than five years without a visit. And finally, men are more than twice as likely to say that they've never had contact with a doctor or health professional as an adult ever. (laughs) Okay. Men do not go to the doctor. We don't, especially black men, especially black men. OK, they even did a poll. They did a study on it. They did, they, they broke it down even further. They have a poll that says, OK, so they, they did a poll They asked had a questionnaire of why men don't go to the doctor. OK, and they said the reasons men gave for not getting up, for not setting up an annual appointment with a primary care physician. All right. And this is how it's broken down. This is how it's broken down. said they were too busy to go. 11, excuse me, 22% said that they were too busy to go. 21% said that they were afraid of finding out what might be wrong. 18% of men said they were uncomfortable with getting body exams like prostate, rectal exams. Uh, 8% said that they had personal questions that a doctor, they were worried about personal questions that a doctor may ask. 7% said getting on the scale to see how much they weigh. Another 7% not wanting to be naked under a gown. 4% said it's too cold in the exam room. And 9% said that it was something else. All right. Now, these uh, this is what they quote unquote said that these were the reasons that men gave for not setting up an annual appointment with a primary care physician. Uh, And as a man, I'm just going to simply call it what I call it that wasn't reasons. Those were excuses. Okay. And that's the same thing that I hold to myself, you know, as, as a black man, I hold to myself that I have not gone to the doctor myself because one, I'm afraid mostly of what doctors would say. I'm afraid of what doctors may say, you know, about my health and my condition. If something's going on with me, if something, you know, I don't want to know if something's wrong because I worry about my family, you know, I, and I also worry about the bill. You know, do you know that you, a, a normal office visit is costs anywhere from $300 to $500 in most places? From primary care, even specialist visits, three dollars to $500 just for the exam. That's not including x-rays or any other tests that they may have to do. And if you don't have insurance, that's coming out of your pocket straight out the gate. And depending on the level of insurance that you do have if you don't have a, you know, a copay that you have to pay, if you have to pay a deductible, then you have to pay that deductible first it means you have to pay that out front, out the gate anyway. And a lot of the times men don't want to create unnecessary bills. Okay. We don't want to create unnecessary bills. We don't want to know what's going on with us. If it's not killing us or keeping us from doing our job, you know, being able to function every single day, we don't want to do it. You know, we, we'd rather not go. But those are excuses. Those are excuses. We should be going to these areas. We should be going to the doctor, okay? And what are excuses for those who pledge in the Greek fraternity or whatever the case may be? Excuses are what? Excuses are tools of the incompetent, which build monuments of nothingness. Those who use them accomplish very little. Uh, those who those who use them accomplish everything. Those who don't accomplish nothing. So, my main aspect of this is. is Oh, I said that whole excuses poem right? Wrong. I, I'll fix it later. <laughs> but they're excuses. We all know it. We all know. it. We all know when we when that so called check engine light comes on. When we get as we get older. I'm, I'm about to be 35 soon. And I was trying to get up really quickly, like I usually do, and that knee <laughs> caught me super fast, and I had to stop for a minute. And I was, my wife looked at me, she says, "Well," oh, I said, Man, my knee. It's really, really bothering me now." We all know that we started to get them aches and them pains. We can't rebound off of things as fast as we could. And we know that if we get to the point where that pain lingers for a lot longer and is uncomfortable and it becomes suspect, we know that we're supposed to get checked out, but we're afraid. We have to stop making those excuses. But some of the things that I've heard going to the barbershop, going to church when I did go to church and listening to other black men my age and older, when they hear and talk to other talk to each other about going to the doctor, you know, a lot of them don't trust doctors. A lot of black men don't trust doctors. And that's on every level, not just primary care. Sometimes it comes to psychology when it comes to, especially when it comes to mental health, you know, or a specialist or whatever the case may be. And some of the things they, that they've said is that they feel as if the doctor is going to be experimenting on them. Oh, they just want me to come in there so that way I could just, You know, they could just give me all these medications and just send me on my way, and I don't know what the medications are, and I don't know what they're putting in my body. It's not going to help me, and then and everything like that. Before they even go to the doctor or even see try to see somebody, they'll feel as if they're being ignored, as if the doctor is just gonna I'm just gonna be in there for fifteen to twenty minutes. The doctor's not really gonna listen to me. You know they're just going. They're just there to take my money and send me, give me some medications and send me on my way. Sometimes they feel black men feel as if they'll be profiled. Yeah, it happens. I've seen it firsthand by sitting with providers as they do their intake. I've seen it firsthand as em as an EMT picking up providers and my partner, or the police or the firefighters sit up here and then they talk about my patient in a certain way by their race and and treat them a certain way by their race before they treat the patient they treat their they treat their race yeah so they feel as if they're going to be profiled some doctors who are pain management doctors will automatically assume and this is by my own experience of visualizing and seeing this will assume that these patients are drug seeking oh they're just here for pain medications how are you going to say that based off of what their appearance? Well, you see how he looked. He looked like a person to me. Just like every other patient that comes through here, they look like a person that's in pain. But but he says that his pain. Level, okay, so guess what? Some people respond to pain differently. Some people respond to things differently. You're not in their body. You can treat that person for the pain that they're receiving. You'll know if they're if they're not doing right by you. If they're selling their medication or overtaking it or undertaking it, you you have to. Tr- Treat the patient as the patient and not as the person that comes through the door as their, as their appearance, but it happens. So I can understand is if they'll feel like, is if black men feel if they'll be profiled or if they'll be ignored. Okay. Even hell I'll even, I'll even say that I, I know a lot of, I can understand why they'll feel like they're being experimented on because a lot of the times when I've seen patients, they take medications and not even knowing why they take them. And by the time they see their doctor, And I have family members included. They were like, why are you taking this? And the first thing that we say is, I don't know. My doctor told me to take it, so I trusted them to take it. They're like, you don't even need to take this. Half of your issues are coming from this med. I'm sorry, not medicine. This drug. And that goes into the next one. Black men feel like they won't be treated properly. They'll feel like they'll come in, be ignored. The second that a a black man... Speaks up or questions the doctor or pushes back on it. They feel like they'll be retaliated against and kicked out. Because some providers have that God complex to where they, you either going to listen to me is my way or the highway. Because bad news travels quicker than good news. And believe me, when, when black men talk about the bad providers, oh, you're going to hear about it. You're definitely going to hear about it. And the last thing, it goes into what I was saying beforehand, is overcharged. Black men feel as if they'll be overcharged. You know, why am I paying $300 for a 15-minute appointment? The doctor barely spoke to me. Why am I being charged $400 for this time period? They barely, the only thing he did is I just came in, he refilled my medication. He didn't answer none of my questions, or He or he wouldn't, or she wouldn't answer none of my questions. I'm just wasting my money going because I'm paying all this money to see a doctor. They don't do nothing but give me more pills. Or they tell me to do this. Or they tell me to do that. And nothing is changing. You know. Though these are legit concerns that we have. But that's not a reason not to go. You know, my wife, she tells me, you know, i, I we look at these shows like Chicago med and any other type of medical show that you see on TV and you see it time and time again, when they go and they do a scan on somebody, you know, somebody comes in, of course they come to the ED, go to Bay four, go to Baghdad. And, you know, and all of a sudden they check him and say, Oh, he's always been good. He's always felt great. He, you know, he's never had any issues with this, you know, bam. I'm sorry to tell you, but your father has stage four cancer or he has this type of issue. We have to do surgery immediately. And, she's, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, I've always gone to my doctor, but they never did anything. Well, they never saw anything and they never told me anything. And 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 then men get misdiagnosed just as much as women, just as much as a lot of people. But that's one of the biggest things that black men worry about, being misdiagnosed to where something could be very, very wrong. And down the line, they're like, well, nobody did right about me in the first place. You know that goes into that whole. You know we feel like we're going to be experimented on, but why should a per- why should a black man feel like we're being experimented on? Why should we? Has anybody ever heard of the Tuskegee experiment? If not, let me go ahead. Let me let me go ahead and get. Uh... So what the Tuskegee experiment? is the Saski's ex- ex- experiment was what they were supposed to be doing okay here hold on let me let me let me make sure that I get everything 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 together all right now this is from pubmed.com okay Hold on a second. I can edit all this out of my podcast, but I wanted to make sure that everybody, everybody gets this, okay? Okay. I may be it out, maybe not, but thank you for being down there anyway, Nathan. And for my listeners on my podcast, I'm speaking to Nathan. He's on Clubhouse, so I'm, I'm recording an episode and talking to Clubhouse at the same time, okay? So, the, the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiment was a clinical study conducted between 1932 and 1972 in Tuskegee, Alabama, by the United States Public Health Service. This was done by our federal government, people. 400 African-American sharecroppers, most of them illiterate, were studied to observe the natural progression of untreated syphilis up to their eventual death by the disease. The experiment aroused controversy and led to changes in the legal protection of the patients involved in clinical studies. The subjects involved in this experiment did not give their informed consent because they were illiterate. They didn't know how to read. They were not informed of their diagnosis, and they were told that they were being treated for bad blood. That they were also that they were also told that if they participated in the study, they would be given free medical care, free transportation to the clinic, free meals, and free burial insurance in case of death. Subjects were also warned to avoid penicillin treatment which was already in use with other patients nearby. In 1932, when the study began, treatments for syphilis were very toxic, dangerous, and had questionable effectiveness. Part of, these per- part of the purpose of the study was to determine the benefits of the treatment compensated its toxicity and to recognize the different stages of the disease to develop treatments, to, treatments adapted to each of those stages. Okay. The doctors recruited 399 black men supposedly affected with syphilis supposedly to study the progress of the disease for 40 following years a control group of 201 healthy men was also studied to establish the comparisons in 1947 penicillin had become the treatment of choice for syphilis before this finding syphilis frequently led to chronic painful disease and it eventually caused multiple organ failure instead of treating the subjects of the study with penicillin and concluding it or establishing a control group to study the drug. Scientists in the charge of Tuskegee experiment hit the information on penicillin from hit the information on pillic- penicillin from the subjects in order to continue studying, studying how the disease spread and eventually led to death. Here's the horrible part. The study continued until 1972 when it was leaked to the press, thus bringing it to an end. By then, 28 of the 399 patients had died from syphilis and another 100 from from related medical complications. So this is why black men fear the doctors. This is why black men fear the COVID vaccine because they reference the Tuskegee experiment. The only reason, the only reason why the Tuskegee experiment stopped is because it was leaked to the press. Had it not been leaked to the press, it would have still been going on. But they only stopped it because people found out that they were experimenting on black men. Hit the information from them, so I can understand. I can understand. But one thing we got to do is move away from these excuses too busy to go, afraid of finding out personal questions. Now... Now let me flip this. Now I didn't give y'all a whole bunch of this background. I didn't give y'all a whole bunch of this background. Well, Daniel, your podcast is called the Keto 911 Podcast. This clubhouse group that I have is called connotations and keto. I didn't give y'all the connotations. I didn't give y'all the words. Here's the keto. We've all we all know, for those who have been continuous listeners of my podcast, how I've talked about the African American diet. Not this standard American diet that's sad. I'm talking about the African-American diet. I think it was probably around the same time that I talked about it this last year. If not, then I did talk about it before. We all know somebody. We can count on two hands and two feet. Somebody that has high blood pressure, diabetes, hypertension. I talked about it many, many times in these episodes. Men, men. We are no different. We think just because we get bigger in body and everything like that, oh, yeah, ladies love, you know, this is cool weather. Find yourself a chubby dude, you know what I'm saying? Get yourself one of them chubby dudes. We'll keep you warm when them fit, skinny dudes, you know, can't keep you warm with their bones. But you know what? We're dying of high blood pressure, hypertension, and diabetes. It ain't nothing sexy nor attractive about that. We know that our hearts race. We know that we have elders, you know, those who are 50 plus or hell, even more nowadays, 20s and 30s, who are on medications, who are on insulin, who are insulin dependent. Because we eat uncontrollably. We do. And I'll have to go even further and say this. Black people, y'all going to be mad at me? Okay, I will. Build a bridge and get over it. Black people associate every holiday, every celebration with food. We do. Church picnic, food. This person got baptized. We're going to have a reception. This preacher then came into town. Let's go ahead and eat. Here comes 4th of July. Let's go ahead and have a barbecue. It's Valentine's Day. Take your baby out to a fancy, fancy restaurant. Spend a whole bunch of unnecessary money for an hour or two. If you can get out there. But I don't know why the hell you'd want to go out there. Just, COVID hasn't gone anywhere. But hey, you do you. It's my birthday. Let's go out and eat. You know. Everything is focused around food. Veterans Day. Let's go, let's go get your, come on, get your, get your, get your blue, get your blue card. For those who are veterans who didn't retire full 20 years, go and get your veterans card from the VA. Let's go out to these restaurants and get all this free food. Memorial Day, for those who are ignorant of the fact that Memorial, I'm sorry, not even ignorant of the fact, stupid to the fact that Memorial Day is to honor those veterans who have paid the ultimate sacrifice and died. Y'all look at it as National Barbecue Day to celebrate the dead of people who you don't give a shit about. I'm sorry, it kind of strikes it, it kind of strikes a nerve when people do that to me. Not uh, to me, but when people do that, and it strikes a nerve to me when it happens. You know, we celebrate so many unnecessary things with food. First day of school, food. Last day of school, food. New employee, this. Let's have a potluck. We see ourselves getting heavier and heavier and heavier as a society. I it's 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 hard for me to find. I'm serious, even in my work now, it's hard for me to find five people who don't have diabetes. It's really, really hard for me to find that. And I work in healthcare. But then all of a sudden, here they come, here they roll out more donuts, kalashis. This is Heart Health Week. This is in February is American Heart So it's, it's the American Heart Association. It's it? um, Heart Health Awareness Month, <laughs> and we gorge ourselves with food. Black men, we what I'm talking about. I know some fantastic men who are some fantastic cooks, just as just as good as women. But got Dunlap Syndrome to the tenth power, who wear a size forty six to fifty four. If not bigger in the waist, how do I know? I used to be that size. We have got to take care of our health, men. The reason why I started keto in the first place, it wasn't because I found it, it was because my wife looked at me. She says, You're going in the path that your family is going to be a diabetic, you have sleep apnea, you're not sleeping. She says, I need you here for our children. She says, I need you here for our children. I don't like what's going on. You look horrible. I know you feel horrible. You don't like the way you look. I don't, I need you to take care of yourself. I was just in another group the other day. The other day, I was just in a group the other day. To where a woman had, you know, it was women's group talking about their husbands and talking about men. How do we communicate with men? How do, you know, what made, they asked me, what made you change to do keto and get your health right? My wife did. My wife says, I need you. That's all she had to tell me. But men don't want to give up nothing. We want to try to play around and, you know, work our way into it, wean ourselves into it and all this other stuff, and it's not good. It's not good for us at all, fellas. It's not. Here, I'm about to jump right back into this. So what I'm about to do, I'm about to take a quick break, all right? I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to give a little moment right here so that way you guys can hear from my sponsors, and I'm going to be right back, okay? I'm going to be right back. Stay tuned. I'm going to be right back. This is the Keto Number 1 podcast. I'm your host, Daniel. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. All right. I am back. Thank you guys for keeping, staying along with me through this whole process. I know this is more of a rant of an episode. It's been on my mind and it's been on my heart. And I'm just, I just got to get it out. I just got to get it out. So, right before the break, I did say that my wife told me that she needed me to change. So, when she told me, That's what she needed me to do so that way I can be here for our family and be healthy here to play with our kids and grow up with the kids. And it was a no-brainer. That's what I had to do. You know, I had to make that that lifestyle change. I still suck as being a patient. Yes, you know, being in the medical field, hell, I try not to self-diagnose myself. But I'm more cognizant about what I do in my body. And my wife doesn't, does not let me push myself too far in pain before she stops me and says, you need to go have somebody look at that. I know you're worried about the money, but we got to have you. And this was a group of women on Clubhouse who were asking me about how to talk to their husbands. How to talk to their husbands, how to get them to go the right way to help. I said, tell them exactly what you need them to do. Remove the excuses. Fellas. Those who are listening to the sound sound of my voice right now on this podcast, you have to stop bullshitting with your health to think that you have more time. I'm here to tell you the time that you think that you have in your life to do all this extra stuff is nowhere near as much time as you think you do. Especially if you have health issues, underlying health issues that you know of that you will not address. You are living on borrowed time. If I'm being rough, if I'm being a dick to you, I will. Somebody's going to have to start talking to us the way that we need to be talked to. If you're over 280 pounds, you have a problem at any, at any height. Well, it's if you're you know six four, six five, and six six, but majority of us ain't. If you have, if you're in excess of thirty percent body fat, yeah, you got a problem. And I'm gonna be real. I'm okay. I'm just gonna do it. I'm I'm gonna do it, Nathan. Hang tight, buddy. If you can't see your dick, yeah, I said it. If you look down. And you cannot see your penis because you have your stomach in the way. There is a problem. Now, I get it. Sometimes you may have Cushing's. You may have another disease that causes retention of fluid. But y'all know we ain't going to play no games here. We're not going to play no games here. Okay? We know if we didn't put on weight because of how we eat. Eating Taco Bell, Burger King, McDonald's pizzas and all this other dumb stuff that we know we ain't got no business eating and we know that it's not good for us because half the time when we order it'll be like you know i really don't need this but i'm really just gonna eat it right now because i'm hungry you're saying okay i'm good with the slow death i'm really good with that that's exactly what you're saying i'm good with the slow death why do we eat like this why I'll tell you my reason why I ate the, the way that I did. I grew up in a military family. My father was Navy, did a full 20 years. He got medically medically retired, but he, he did his career. I wanted to be my father. I didn't want to be him in the sense of going to the same branch, but I wanted to carve my own path, but I wanted to do that. I saw how much he loved the military, how much he got respect, and how much... And how others looked up to him because that was, I'm serious, my my father is the most proud Navy man that you could ever put out there. More proud than anybody else. He sticks his chest out. The, the Navy jacked his body up. But he was, I'm serious, if he was given the opportunity to go back and put their uniform on again, that man would be gone. <laughs> that man would already start packing up his stuff. He would go back because he loves the Navy that much. That is how much I love the Air Force. I went into the Air Force. And my body became damaged before I could really get my career started. And I was medically separated. Now, what happens to a person who's lived their entire life, preparing to follow in their father's footsteps. And the second that they get started, it's taken away from them. I was completely devastated. I suffer from depression and a form of PTSD for 13 years. Now, given I've only been out since two thousand six, so that was, it's only been what sixteen years. Thirteen out of them, sixteen years, I was in the I was hot, heavily depressed, and this is my third year of going into keto. Y'all get the Y'all get the timeline now. I suffered from depression. I felt like a failure. Everything that I seemed to touch after that never worked. Didn't work. I do good, then all of a sudden I get inside of my own head because those images, that that feeling, that pain will come back and then I will go right back down that rabbit hole again of depression. And what do you do when you have depression? You eat. It's called comfort food for a reason. It tastes good. It's filling until you get hungry again and then you have to stuff more in your body. Late nights when I couldn't sleep because I was inside of my own head, Cereal is my go-to. I would demolish boxes of cereal. Just so that way when I could just have have something crunchy and sweet and savory. That's what I did. That was my escape. It wasn't good for me. Yeah, when my wife became pregnant, I was heavy as hell on If you go on my Instagram, you'll see how big I was. I was a big dude, really, really big dude. At my lowest, exiting the military, I was one hundred and seventy-five pounds, muscles cut. By the time my first son was born, I was in the three-hundreds range. Dunlap syndrome, couldn't see my dick. Yeah, yeah, I keep saying yeah because that was an issue. (laughs) It's an issue. You gotta reach for it and try to look and see if you can feel it, if it's there, and then you gotta tuck lift your stomach up. Yeah, bro. I gave y'all a whole image. Don't act like it, for those who are who who are who are in that heavier state didn't have that same thing to do, too. I'm gonna be real with you. Let's be real here. I'm not here to pad your emotions. Because I wouldn't expect it for anybody to do that for me. I would expect everybody to be as real with me as I am with them. Because somebody's gotta be real with you. Not everybody's gonna have a kumbaya moment. With you when it comes to waking the hell up and making a change in your life. That's the same way how I am in these clubhouse groups. I give my information and then I'm gone. Sometimes I'm funny, you know, just like I am here, but I give my information and then I'm gone. I don't do a whole bunch of circle jerking, I don't do a whole bunch of attaboys and all this other stuff. I give my information and I'm gone. And a lot of times I'm straight up with it. Why? Because that's exactly how you get it from me because I expect the same thing back. I don't want nobody to sugarcoat me. I don't want nobody to string me along or try to just make me feel good. I don't need that. I need the truth. I need the facts. And I'm going to give you a plan. So back to me for just a little moment. I got heavy. My heart used to hurt. My heart used to race. People always saying, "Well, you getting big? You getting big? Yeah, I know I'm getting big. Thank you. They really didn't help me either. When are you gonna lose some weight? Whenever I decide to stop eating, when are you gonna stop eating? I'm not eat. I'm not gonna stop. Why? Because y'all don't cook. Well, maybe you shouldn't get that much. Well, maybe you shouldn't cook this. Well, maybe I should just stop coming. I'm telling my own family this, my own parents. Maybe I should just stop coming. Thirteen years. What is your trauma? What is your trauma that gets you to eat? What is the pain that you have that's so deeply rooted? That food is your comfort, that it is is your go-to, and it is a drug worse than heroin that has caused you to have so many health issues. Just like diabetes, it's reversible. It is reversible. So how do I fix it? I'm not just going to sit up here and talk your ear off and give you a whole bunch of fire and all this other stuff without having to plan. No, 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 no. This is (laughs) kind of like a self-help thing. This is a therapy session for me, too, because guess what? When I get stressed from work, living life, being a father dealing with the COVID, the COVID situation as it still is going on right now and have to deal with people who choose not to get vaccinated and then they get sick right after the fact. And then they're like, well, it, that's a whole nother. Mm-mm. When I get stressed out, I still want to stress eat. I still want to. And since y'all in my audience, hell, I stress ate yesterday. Yeah, I did it. I stressed eight yesterday and I'm going to suffer for it and I'm going to get my body back right again because it's a marathon, not a sprint, but I'm going to hold myself accountable. My wife looked at me. She was like, good. We're going to get ourselves right. So how are we going to get this done? Black men, men, how are we going to fix this? How? How? How are we going to take control over our lives? Step one, we're going to get rid of the excuses. We're going to get rid of the excuses. It is not cool. It is not hip, fly, whatever terminology 2022 uses. It is not a good look to choose to live a life on medications based off of the food that you eat. Well, you're being sizes you're, you're body shaming. No, the hell I'm not. I'm trying to wake you the hell up from making bad health decisions. I don't want to be on these medications. I don't want to live like this. So stop with the freaking excuses. You need to look in the mirror and do the hard things, the scariest thing. Is to look at yourself and look at your flaws. But just as I posted on my Instagram. Your growth is on the opposite side of your fear. Your growth is on the opposite side of your fear. Well what do I need to do? Well first you need to realize the hell. (laughs) I have a problem with food. I have a problem with food addiction. I have a problem. I know I got health issues. Having this much weight. And having to move around and do the things that I have to do ain't normal. It's not healthy. I want to enjoy looking at myself again. Because as men, it's a huge ego boost. And hell, if we don't like looking at ourselves, we don't like, we're going to be afraid to pursue the opposite sex. To look for a partner. Because hell, if we can't look at ourselves, we know for a fact. We think that women think we're ugly and, un- and unattractive. And that they'll friend zone us real quickly and go go find the dude that is in the books and magazines and on our Instagram and Facebook. So we got to look at ourselves. Yeah, I'm a beautiful man, but I know I got some issues. First and foremost, you need to go to the damn doctor. You need to schedule an appointment to your primary care physician. If you don't do it, have your wife do it. Women, if you are listening here. And you know that your husband needs to go ahead and make a change and go to the doctor. Schedule his appointment for him. It's better to ask for forgiveness and permission sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Schedule an appointment for him. And what is this? It's your doctor's appointment for your primary care physician. Well, why are you scheduling me an appointment? Because I need you to go. Ain't nothing wrong with me. We don't know that. Well, I don't need to go. Look, I need you around. Tell him. Ladies, tell your husband, tell your significant other, I need you around for me. I need you to be healthy for me. I need you to be, be, be the best for me. Well, baby, I'm this. I'm all that. No, shut up. You are not. You don't love me for me? Yeah, I love you for you, but I know you can be better than this. I know you can be better. Men, get out of your egos. If a woman says that she worries about your health, believe her. Take what she's saying to heart. Get out of your egos and go get checked out. If you're afraid of what the doctor's going to say, be afraid of what the doctor's going to say and still go. You need to know what your baseline is. Before you do any lifestyle change, especially keto, you need to know where you are. You need to know what your weight is. You need to know what your BMI is supposed to be for your height. You need to know what your cholesterol, your LDL and HDL is. You need to know what you need to know where your creatine levels are, where your cardiac enzymes are. You need to know where you are. So that way you have a blueprint on where you need to work to. Yes, you're at this level, but doctor, what is the safest level for me to be at? Where is it? Where do you feel like my levels are need, need to be at for me to be in a healthier state? And they'll let you know. Boom, bada bing, bada bing, bada boom. Now you have a, have a place and a focused goal that you need to work towards. This is called taking responsibility of your health. And any man that has children, I implore you. I implore you. I don't implore you. I'm begging you as a father. If you want to see your daughter walk down the aisle, do what you need to do to be there in her life, in the best health possible. If you have a son. I'm getting emotional now. Be his hero. Be who you want your son to look up to as a role model. He sees you as a superhero already. Be it. Be what you need your children to be. Hell, be be what you need to be for your children, what you needed to be growing up. Take away the excuses. Go find out where you are with your primary care physician. Even if you have an issue, if you have an underlying health issue that you find out and it scares you, get ahead of it. Prevention and maintenance is a whole lot easier to do at the beginning than it is when it's further along and it's causing debilitating health issues that count that make so much other things go wrong. It's like driving a car. If you know you got a flat tire, Change the damn tire before it goes on to the rim. Because if you drive it on the rim, then guess what? It's going to mess up the axle. It's going to mess up your alignment. Then it's going to mess up this. And then guess what? It's so much more expensive to to, to do all that work later. Fix it at the beginning. Go get your colonoscopies. Go get your appointments. Go to your wellness appointments, your yearly physicals. If you feel like you're getting sick, go to the daggum doctor for a checkup. Go why? Because your family needs you. It says that every two years, men between the ages of 18 and 39 should have their blood pressure checked every two years. But if it reaches a certain threshold, above 150 systolic, which is your top number, and above 120, your diastolic, which is the bottom number. If it gets above that, then it should be checked more than just weekly. You got a heart issue right there your borderline hypertension, high blood pressure, 18 through 39, you should be having to check every two years, but every, but damn it, check your blood pressure every day. Heck, you go to Walmart, they got them free blood pressure machines out there to check. Go out there and check it. Every three years it says men's between men between the ages of 45 and older should be screened for diabetes and they should do that every three years. But if they are overweight, the screening should start at a younger age. Y'all do realize that our kids are coming into middle school, overweight, no obese. They're starting out with these health issues before they even hit t- their teenage years. It says to do it every three years, but if you're overweight, the screening should start at a younger age. Fellas, you already know. If you're overweight, the- <laughs> look at your body, look at your height. And there's a, a weight chart based off of that where you start to be labeled as obese. If you're in that obese area, you need to be getting yourself screened for diabetes. Because you may be pre-diabetic and not know it. Every five years, men over the age of 35 should be screened for high cholesterol and heart disease prevention every five years. But if you have diabetes, they should be screened more often. You see what happens with this? You guys got to start doing this. This is preventative maintenance here. Men with no family history of colon cancer or polyps should be screened for colorectal cancer every 5 to 10 years, starting between the ages of 50 and 75. But the screening should start earlier if they do have a family history. And nowadays, more men have it. More men have it in their families. To where I believe now they're saying that you should start that in the age of 35 or 25, getting your... Getting, uh, getting your colon check. getting colonoscopies. But you have to start doing the right things. First, go to the doctor, see where you're at. See what you need to work on. Majority of the issues that we have in the black community, as black men, as people in general, are caused by the foods that we put into our bodies higher rates of diabetes, higher rates of heart disease, higher rates of obesity, mainly by food. It's February 23rd, 2022. It's Super Bowl Sunday right now. And I know, and I mean, I know. I haven't seen posts on Facebook and all that, bull. People are eating crap right now to watch two teams play against each other that don't do nothing for them economically. They don't give a damn about your community being crap. They don't care about Look uh, about the country being crap. They're making money off of you. You profit nothing from watching these idiots perform sports to run to run and catch a football. Oh, Daniel, you just hating because you ain't there, man. Football to I me? Mean, I don't give a damn about football. I don't give a damn about any type of sports because they don't do anything. They don't benefit me. Knowing these people's stats and other that does nothing for the well being of my community. What I do is. I've organized multiple vaccine drives. I have another one coming in a couple of weeks It's where I can educate and help my community with, with, with their health issues. Why? Because I care about health. I care about people living. I care about fathers being there for their daughters, fathers being there for their sons, fathers being there for their wives, fathers, sons being able to take care of their elderly parents or their family members who have illnesses. Can't do that if you're sick too. You can't do that if you're not in the best health that you can be. FYI, COVID attacks those with pre-existing health conditions. Guess what those conditions are: hypertension, heart problems, high blood pressure, and diabetes, cancer, stroke, stroke patients, people who are immunocompromised. It attacks those harder. You guys, there's there's no choice. We have to get what we can get right done now. First things first, no excuses. Secondly, you're going to have to look at yourself in the mirror and do the hard, scary work that's finding out the flaws and working on them. I don't expect it to happen overnight. Hell, I'm still dealing with my own stuff. But I fixed a lot of the stuff piece by piece by taking small bites at it. Yeah, I got problems with food. Okay, so we need to change what we put in our bodies. If you don't know what to put in your bodies, go back to the episodes that I had. I did a whole series on how to build your plate. I I did a whole series. I broke it down. One episode was on vegetables. Another episode was on fats. and uh, And I think the last episode was on meats. I did a whole hour and I think an hour and a half on each one of these subjects on how to build your plate and the health benefits of each one of these topics. I go in di- deep dives, so there's no excuse on how do you do it. I have the information here. I have the information here. If you don't know, Google it, YouTube it. They have groups here on Clubhouse called Keto for the Soul, Keto saved my life. You know, there's a group by my good friend Nathan. He talks about eating disorders. Look him up. If you go in Clubhouse and find me, find my group Connotations and Keto. My boy Nathan is in there. He has a group where he talks about eating disorders. This man is a is, is a living is a living miracle because he has his issue and he's battling it. He's confronting it. He changed his changed how he ate, changed his whole mindset so that way one he's in a better mental state and a better health state right now. Has great discussions. My boy Triple J. Y'all have seen him? I had him on on my show before. He done the same thing. He reversed his type 2 diabetes. These are men who saw their situations, did the hard work, and it's hard. It ain't easy. I'm not going to sit up here and make it seem like it's all me. I I know men who've done this. People are doing this. Men are doing this. Don't be so afraid worrying about your masculinity that you kill yourself in the process trying to be a man. You're being a coward if you don't address your issues. And that's mental health and all that other stuff. You're being a coward if you don't address your issues. It's 2022. There is no excuse to ignore your health conditions and then complain when it gets too bad on you. You have the opportunity to change it now. You have that opportunity to change it now. Do it when you have it go back to these other episodes from earlier in the year from earlier in my podcast I break down a lot of stuff I talk about diabetes I talk about building your plate I talk about the African American diet and we're going to touch a lot of this stuff again but even more so I'm about to have a live show I'm about to start streaming live episodes live shows to my to my to my uh to my outlets so just stay tuned. Stay tuned. You're gonna see my face, you're gonna see my face sooner than you think. And I'm gonna start bringing these same people who I've interviewed before. I'm gonna bring them back so that way you can see these faces. If you haven't seen them before, you're gonna see them soon. One of the first faces that you're gonna see coming up real soon is the man called Tom King. He's the CEO of Icon Foods. I interviewed him last year, around this time. I'm gonna bring him back so that way we can talk about talk to him one more time. See what new products that he's uh, brought about. Hear his story. I'm going to show you guys his book and everything like that. So that way, one, you can start to see the faces that I talk to. If you have questions, it will be live to where you can ask questions as well. This is something that I've been working on that I've been passionate about. And now the time has come. So I really wanted to make sure that we started this off right. (laughs) This episode was a rant. But it was a good rent, and I feel better about it now than I did when I first started. So, again, as I wrap up, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of the Keto911 Podcast. Know for a fact that you can catch me on so many different platforms: Anchor Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. Whoo, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast. Man, I'm in a lot of places. All right. And I'm on Clubhouse. Uh, I'm still on my Instagram. I'm, I'm getting myself ready to start doing these TikToks, man. I'm going to start doing some crazy stuff so that way y'all can see me, all right? Contract is sponsored by Proper Good Foods. You've seen them on uh, Shark Tank within the past couple of years. I do food reviews based off of what they've sent over to me and some other stuff. So I talk about it, and you'll see some of the great foods that we have on the Keto Lifestyle as well, all right? Thank you, guys, all for staying with me throughout this journey throughout my time here on this in, in this keto space. Just remember what I always say. In time, they may forget what you look like, they may forget your voice, they may forget your name. But they'll never forget how you positively impacted their life. Every time that you take a breath in this world, do it with the sole purpose of enriching somebody else's life. And in doing so, You'll never be forgotten and you'll be immortal because good deeds never die. Good actions never die. This is the Keto 911 podcast. I am your host, Daniel of the Keto EMT. Talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Keto 9 one Podcast. You can find my podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever, any other streaming services that you may find available. If you want to be on the episode of the Keto 9 one Podcast, you can send me an email to keto 911 podcast at gmail.com. This way, one, I can go ahead and get you featured. If you have a keto product or if you're a specialist in health, health or weight loss, we can go ahead and have you featured on an episode so that way we can educate the masses. Also, you can find me on Keto911 Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On both of those pages, you'll see me do food reviews. You'll see me post stuff about different types of uh, recipes that I've come across with, and I do motivational messages as well. So definitely go ahead and check me out on these other aspects and other links as well. So thank you all again for tuning in to the Keto911 Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, your Keto EMT. Have a good one and be safe.